Tucker of the Washington Examiner coming up in about 10, 15 minutes. And we're going to talk about uh, how many Republicans are staying solid versus Democrats, Democrats staying solid in the vote for impeachment. So that'll uh, we'll update you on that. But bef- and, and in just a few seconds, I'm going to do the list of the most annoying things guests do when they stay at your house for the holidays and things you can do as a host to make guests feel at home. This will be very helpful. But before we get to that, one of the news stories of the day we spent a lot of time on yesterday was Rudy Giuliani saying over the weekend, when he was asked, are you concerned that Trump is going to throw you under the bus? And Rudy Giuliani said, no, but if he does, I have an insurance policy. Nobody had any idea what that meant. Was it a bad joke? Then he said it had something to do with Biden files. Still didn't have any idea what it meant. So... You know, the news reporters going crazy about it had an opportunity to ask Trump about it and get an answer out of him. And this is uh, what happened. Was this when he was doing the dog thing? No, this was when uh, the prime minister of somebody was awkwardly standing by while reporters were shouting questions <laughs> okay. about this at the president. Here, here's how it went. Oh, I don't know. Rudy's a great guy. Rudy was Rudy was the and he, he covered that himself. You know that Rudy is Rudy is the best mayor in the history of New York. In my opinion, the strongest mayor, the best mayor. Uh, Rudy is a great uh, crime fighter, corruption fighter, probably the best in 50 years when he was here. And also when he was at the U.S. attorney in Southern District, he was phenomenal. Uh, Rudy's a great person. And I think that maybe the press isn't treating Rudy very well, and I think that's unfair. But Rudy was a great mayor and a great uh, crime fighter. Was he working? Thank, Thank you very much. Oh wow! Um, I heard uh, somebody, and it was somebody on the right, say this over the weekend that Donald Trump still sees Rudy Giuliani through the lens of you know the the days after nine eleven. And I think that is what's going on. He still sees that Rudy Giuliani. Well, that Rudy, Rudy Giuliani is a lot older. I know it's a little wackier now. I know what he means when he's calling Rudy a crime fighter. But if you say crime fighter, I hear Batman. <laughs> right. He's got a cape and a cool car. And <laughs> Some secret lair. I'll say on to this. These are the most annoying things guests do while staying in someone's home, according to a survey. Now, quite a few of you are going to be doing this. One in five Americans will be hosting somebody this year. Um, and 63% of respondents said they enjoy hosting friends and family. Hmm. Only two thirds enjoy a host and a hosting friends and family. So a third of you don't, why do you do it then? Why do you have people come to your house? I don't know. I wish I was, but, uh, when you chase the almighty dollar, like, uh, I have in my soulless way, you move away from family and friends and you are, are, are alone for, for the holidays. That's what happens. But it will be our nuclear family, me and the wife and the kids, and uh, that'll be fine. But I do wish there was going to be more family around and somebody staying. Here are your top ten guest no-nos. I'll count them up. Get to the number one. The number one is just you can't do that. The number one on the list is not a no-no. It's a can't-can't. You can't do number one. You show up like that, I'm sending you away. Uh-huh. So, um, probably a personality flaw, but now I'm going to try that. Um, you tell me I can, I'm going to see what I can do. I don't think you are. You don't seem like the sort of person that okay. would do number one. Okay. So these are your top ten guest no-nos, according to people who uh, to host guests over the holidays. Number ten, be too demanding. 
number nine, come back drunk. I don't know, come back from where, but I guess you go out and then you come back to the house drunk. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> you know what? I got a lot to get off my mind. These uh, throw pillows are stupid. <laughs> I'm just drunk. <laughs> Uh, number, uh, eight, no, seven, stay up all night watching TV with the volume up high. That's just uncool. You can watch TV, but don't keep the volume low. Come on. I like it loud. <laughs> Leave a mess in the bathroom. Can't do that either. Come on. These, these seem like just basic things yeah. at this point. Yeah. Smoke. God, I remember my parents had a house guest for a while. I won't say who, but, uh. Come, came and stayed at the house for an extended length of time and would sit in the house and smoke all the time. Oh, just sit in the house and yeah. smoke? Ooh. This was years ago yeah. when, when you, that was even conceivable. Of course, that's inconceivable now, That's a, smoking uh, in someone's house. I think a fight would break out if that actually occurred oh, yeah. in a non-smoking home these I'm days. I'm not sure anybody would even move. You'd just stand there with your mouth open for a while before you said anything. <laughs> Are you smoking in my house? What the hell is that? Uh, getting into the top five now. Be too loud. Leave a mess when departing. Break damaged host's belongings is number three. Hey, you can't break my stuff. Come on. Number two, snoop around. Hey, what's in this drawer? That's cool. Yeah, this door's locked. I don't know what's behind here. <laughs> but the number one guest no-no that you really can't do, arrive unannounced or without an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just show up at somebody's house. Hey, everybody! With a suitcase? Thought I'd come over for Thanksgiving! Now, what, what if do you think? What if you're doing the Randy Quaid from the vacations and you just show up in your recreational vehicle? <laughs> right. And you're fine just parking outside? Blanker's full. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. What if you show up with to-go containers, like I do sometimes, Thanksgiving dinner, you just show up with Tupperware in your hand? Now, they also had on the list earlier, I liked, was... um. Bringing a guest that you didn't tell anybody about. And I think that's got to be pretty common with girlfriends or boyfriends. That's I almost that's entirely guess. what that has to be, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So you show, you invite your, your Uncle Ed, and Uncle Ed comes and, hey, look, Uncle Ed's got a new girlfriend. Well, fantastic. And she came. She's a treat. Why does she have an ankle bracelet, Uncle Ed? <laughs> and it's nice. Long story. It's unfair. You know how they are. She got cheated. Wasn't her fault. Um. <laughs> Ten ways hosts can make guests feel at home. When I'm the host, you know, I want to be a good host. I think I am a good host, but I I don't worry about it too much. But here you go, ten to one. Provide snacks, food in the room. Probably not going to do that. Provide water in the room. These are things that guests want. I don't show up to somebody's house thinking they need to have water in the room like it's a freaking nice hotel. I, I provide those snacks. things, but if you use them, expect a bill when you leave. Uh, cook them meals. Hmm. Yeah, I guess if I'm staying at somebody's house, I do expect we're going to eat at some point. Make coffee every morning. Make too much noise in the morning. It's my house. I'll probably yeah. do whatever I got to do when I get up. And <laughs> I will I will not alter my morning clog routine for your sake. <laughs> <laughs> if it's too noisy for you, I'm sorry. Uh, need to display the Wi-Fi password in the room. What? These people think they're at a hotel. You could just ask me. Are, are they, is this for like an Airbnb host? What is going on? I don't know. This is not my friend. I don't need to post messages in the room. You can just text me. I can't imagine going to my parents' house like I do with the kids sometimes, and uh, there's no bottled water in the room. What's the deal? <laughs> I expect bottled water and a snack and a little card with the Wi-Fi password. Now, that's what hotels do. I think you've confused hotels with your parents' house or your brother's house. 
Uh, have a comfy bed. Yeah, the bed I got's the bed I got. <laughs> Provide more than one towel. What? How dirty are you getting? How wet are you getting? <laughs> number one, be helpful if you have a question. I refuse to do that. <laughs> I, I, I think that is pretty, pretty reasonable to expect. No, I will help you with nothing. <laughs> Ask me not a thing. Where's the closest gas station on my way out? It's up to you to find it. I already gave you the Wi-Fi password <laughs> yeah. posted in the Go- room. Google. Google it, you idiot. Well, you're eating your snack. <laughs> Bastard. Um, I got to take a break. I'll get to some more of these later this hour. The 10 worst things hosts say to their guests. No, 10 worst things hosts say their guests have done. There you go. That's a good one. And I've looked at the list, and it's pretty entertaining. Uh, we're going to talk to Dave Drucker a little bit about impeachment. And how many people were swayed in Congress? Because that's the whole ball game right there, ain't it? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Hanson, while I'm uh, interviewing David Drucker, can you come up with a decent version of that German jewel heist? Have you been following that story? It's one of the great heists in the history of theft Hmm. that happened yesterday morning in Germany. They think it may be a billion dollars worth of jewels that these guys got away with. It's a pretty good story. If you can come okay. up with a uh, version of that that's got the, the particulars in it. Okay. So David Drucker is a writer for the Washington Examiner. We've had him on the air for years. We enjoy talking to him, and I don't even remember what we wanted to talk to him about, but I'll come up with a question. David Drucker, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Thank you. What are your plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, to try and avoid tweeting and have a lot of adult beverages. <laughs> that's not a bad plan. Now, my understanding was, I don't remember if I was talking to you, or I, I know I've heard from a variety of sources, that D.C. was a buzz even by Washington, D.C. standards there for a couple of weeks with the whole impeachment thing. Does that continue, or is it tapered off any? No, I don't think it's tapered off. It's just Congress has gone home for the holiday week, and thank God they did. Who wants to deal with this during Thanksgiving? Right. But they'll be back next week. This is going to move to, to the House Judiciary Committee, where they're going to start to draw up articles of impeachment, presumably. And so I think this is going to continue to be a story. There are also some ancillary measures related to this, and whether or not the former White House counsel is going to be forced to testify. I assume this is going to go to the Supreme Court. So we'll see. Obviously, there's some chatter from the Republicans about what Adam Schiff knew and from the Democrats about what Devin Nunes knew. I'm sure these will be hot topics of conversation. So I think, you know, we're going to continue to discuss this all the way through Christmas. So, yeah, I want to nail that down. Really, the breaking news today is that uh, former White House counsel McGahn, uh, Trump's uh, lawyer there in the White House, one judge has said he must testify. Your understanding is that will be appealed higher up to the Supreme Court. And then how long will that take? Do you have any idea? Right, so I haven't reported that. Right. I just think it's it's pretty obvious because why wouldn't the president want to appeal? Not only does he have a good chance of winning in the Supreme Court, although he may not, but you always exhaust every option. They've tried to keep senior officials away from Capitol Hill. Um, and, you know, how long does this take? I don't know enough about how the court operates to be able to tell you that. I'm, I'm much better with how campaigns operate, but, you know, they could rule pretty quickly, to be honest with you. Things like this sometimes will get right before them. And they'll make a quick decision uh, oftentimes. But, man, quick has got to be like tomorrow. I mean, they're, 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 we're really running out of time this year to really pull off this whole impeachment thing, aren't we? 
Well, they've made a decision not to wait around for the courts in any event. And I think part of that was they didn't want to get caught uh, with an impeachment inquiry that proceeded all the way, you know, deep into next year. You also don't know how the courts are going to rule. And the minute a court rules that somebody doesn't have to testify, right, then a lot of people are going to say, well, maybe I don't have to testify. So I think they were moving uh-huh. subpoenas, wanted to get everybody in that they could who, who didn't want to defy a subpoena and just act like everybody else didn't really matter. Otherwise, you know, it might send a message for people. If they were waiting around, you know, it might have gotten other people off the hook. So I'm talking with David Drucker of the Washington Examiner about things he's not actually reporting on to make him uncomfortable and wonder why he came on the show. Now I'll ask you about things you are reporting on, like how many Republicans uh, might be moving toward or away from impeachment. Yeah, well, zero are moving toward impeachment. All of them are are standing pat in opposition to impeachment for the moment, at least in the House of Representatives. Uh, I mean, I think we've seen that through the, the public testimony and, you know, I was, I was talking to a House Republican last week, and I said, you know, do you think anybody, anybody could get there? And he said, well, look, you know, if there's a, a really overwhelming, obvious smoking gun, something more than quid pro quo, by the way, like something just horrendous. And I said, so how many would you get at that point? Yeah, you know, maybe 10. Wow. Wow, and that so, and that'd be inter- introducing an entirely new fact. Just you know, basically a new story. You might get ten. Yeah, you might. And in the in the Senate, I think it's a little bit more complicated. You're clearly not going to get twenty to convict and remove it. Maybe you can only get a few. I'm not going to rule out that you get. I'm not going to say you won't that it's going to be zero. But, you know, I think that there are up to, you know, five of them that might look at this seriously, you know, because of how it might impact their reelection, if nothing else. But it's going to be a really tall order there. And we still have to see how the trial is going to play out. Will Democrats and Republicans in the Senate agree on a resolution for how the trial is going to be conducted? In other words, will they agree on which resolutions are going to be offered? Therefore, basically, which resolutions won't be offered? And if, if Republicans, for instance, insist on calling Hunter Biden as a witness, I don't think you're going to get Senate Democrats to agree to a resolution that includes that. I could be wrong, um, but I, I don't think so. But but we have to see, you know, how this negotiation over a resolution plays out. And, you know, then we'll see what, what Republicans do in the Senate. I will say this, it'll be really hard to summon 51 votes um, to do Trump too many favors. Uh, with 51 votes in the Senate, you can pretty much, you can almost do anything, even though so much power is vested in the Chief Justice who's going to be presiding as the judge in the trial. But getting 51 Republicans uh, to do some of the things that the Republican base wants them to do is going to be tough. So, you know, I think it's just going to sort of depend on where, where how Republicans feel about this. You know, presuming we get to impeachment, you know, by the time we get there. We've talked with a couple of different pundits, and uh, I believe that um, if Nancy Pelosi had a time machine, she wouldn't do this. <laughs> She'd go back and not do this, that her gut feeling was right and she knew it all along and somehow she made a mistake and caved. Well, she didn't really cave. She had no choice. I don't think she ever wanted to do it. I think the train was leaving the station with or without her. Oh, and gotcha. when that happens as a House leader, you really have two choices. You let it leave the station without you or you try and get in front of it and manage it. This reminds me a lot of the Obamacare shutdown. John Boehner never wanted to do it. Once it was out of his hands, he tried to get in front of it and manage it. And, you know, when it, when it inevitably died, then he just did what he had to do 
to put it to a merciful end. Now, this is a little bit different, obviously, given how impeachment goes. But I, I think that's, you know, where Nancy Pelosi has been on this, trying to manage it because she had no choice. I will say this. I'm wondering if one day when Democrats look back on this, and we don't know. It may work out well for them. Who knows? But they could have put up, put together a select committee and just spent the next year investigating right. everything and let it come out in grips and grabs. Right. It might have been more politically effective. But the, the Democratic base wanted impeachment, and they didn't really have much of a choice. Well, David Durker, you announced your Thanksgiving plans. Uh, since I follow you on Twitter, I would I would appreciate it if you drink your adult beverages, lots of them, and then start tweeting, and then I will follow that late into the night. Uh, that's a good idea. I might take you up on that. <laughs> awesome. David Drucker of the Washington Examiner, thanks for your time today. Anytime. Take care. Yeah, I'm a big fan of other people drunk tweeting. People who aren't <laughs> me getting drunk and tweeting seems like a good idea. There you go. God, I'm glad Twitter wasn't around when I drank. Holy crap. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, you talk about a tight race. Got a four-way tie now among Democrats right now. We're going to get into that. A judge's ruling's got Democrats chomping at the bit to get Trump advisors to testify, and it is the biggest art robbery in modern history done the old-fashioned way. Yeah, this is such an amazing story, and it's a cool story. It's one of those stories that it's so good, you're almost rooting for the bad guys. Like, you almost admire them. I was showing it to my kids last night, and we were looking at maps of the castle they robbed and everything, and really getting into trying to figure out who did it. So we sell Armstrong and Getty gear. Um, it's not just a uh, profit deal. We, we've had people ask over the years. And so we, Hanson has put together this store, and you can get T-shirts and hats and all this different sort of stuff. I'm wearing an Armstrong and Getty hat right now. Marshall, what do you think of uh, people who wear their own hats? I think it's admirable. I think it should be is that, done is that all a the particularly time. uncool look? <laughs> Well, as you're walking around town, people looking at you. I'm just trying to picture it for like if you're in a band and you're wearing your own band's t-shirts or you're a a professional athlete and you wear your jersey with (laughs) your name on it. Yeah, for sure don't do that. Um, The the fact that it has just a a logo and not your face on it, I think helps with uh, you just being able to kind of pull it off. Yeah. Oh, we've added a new one. It's the Positive Sean's Avid Endorsement Team. Oh, the Positive Sean Collection <laughs> right. is getting some... Uh, oh, right. It says Avid Very Endorsement, nice. which is a funny line. I'm going to have to pick, pick me up some of those. That's a good brand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Very oh, good. boy. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah. That's where you find all that Check stuff. Check it out. Yeah, What's I do like your hat, Jack. It would probably make a great gift at a low price. What, uh, <laughs> What's the turnaround time on this stuff for if people want to get it? For you know somebody who listens to Armstrong and Getty and you want to get him a shirt. It takes about a week, and there's some okay. new shipping options depending on the thing that you're getting. So you okay. may be able to get it a little faster. But yeah, each thing is made per order, so it, right. it's not as though you're going to get it tomorrow. But you know, it takes that's one like of the seven cool, to ten days. That's one of the great modern yeah. things that's going on is that you can just get stuff turned around like that. Uh, News Now with Marshall Phillips. Well, for the first time in decades, a tight four-way contest among Democratic hopefuls in New Hampshire. New Suffolk University poll of likely voters as Bernie Sanders statistically tied with Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, and Mayor Pete, ranging from 16% support for Bernie down to Biden with 12%. Now, the biggest gainer is Mayor Pete. He's up eight points since the last poll. Joe Biden is down nine. Right. So Biden not raising a lot of money, fourth in Iowa, fourth in New Hampshire. 
According to Mark Halperin's book, where he interviewed 50 different strategists on right. both sides, most Democratic strategists and donors think Pete, Elizabeth, and Bernie can't win. They can't win. Right. And according to Mark Halperin, Obama believes that. Bill Clinton believes that. A lot of heavyweight Democrats believe, especially Elizabeth and Bernie can't win. Now, Mayor Pete is becoming more of a moderate, so he's yep. different than what he was when he first came on the scene. Um, if, if his if his brand is I'm a moderate, I think his chances are a lot better. But uh, I don't know. I have no idea how this is going to play out. No dang idea. Meanwhile, House Democrats are worried about an actual impeachment vote. The Washington Examiner, among others, reporting that a House vote to impeach the president could put a number of moderate Democrats at risk in 2020. Only two Democrats voted against the impeachment proceeding when the House took up the measure last month. But more could be defecting on a vote to send articles of impeachment to the Senate now that polling shows a decline in support, particularly among key independent voters. I got more on that later from a Vanity Fair article showing how uh, particularly independents have really turned against impeachment. And they quote a bunch of people in Vanity Fair anonymously inside the Democratic Party that feel like this has turned out badly, it's been a mistake, and how do they uh, gracefully get out of it. I don't know if I agree with that or not. I I think if I'm a Democrat, uh, David Drucker just alluded to the idea of just investigating him all the way up to the election. Just drip, 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 drip. Right. I think if I'm a Democrat, I, I I continue to press forward. I don't care if it's during the election or not. I can I continue to challenge the White House on trying to get these people to testify and all that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the best strategy is. Talk about testifying. House Democrats say they hope the former White House counsel, David uh, McGahn, will promptly appear before Congress now that a judge has ruled against the Trump administration. The administration has been arguing that McGahn and other presidential aides have absolute immunity from testifying. Well, the federal judge wrote such immunity doesn't exist and said presidents are not kings. So the Trump administration says it plans to appeal the judge's decision. Yeah, that's, so, that's one judge, and uh, eventually the Supreme Court will decide that, I suppose. Yep. And it turns out thieves in Germany carried out what is being called one of the largest art thefts in modern history, stealing up to a billion euros worth of items from the Green Vault Museum in Dresden early on Monday. The axe-wielding A billion thieves, euros. What's a euro uh, worth compared to the dollar now? It's about a dollar and a quarter, I believe. So it's a, a one point, one and a quarter billion? Uh, 1.10. Okay. So one, one to one point ten. But over okay. a billion dollars yep. worth of jewels yep. and art. Wow. The axe-wielding thieves reportedly... Yes, they used an axe <laughs> to go into a 500-year-old castle. With an axe. Yeah. This is an old-timey crime. I suspect a time machine was involved. <laughs> you have Vikings from the year 1400 that have come forward with an axe and believe all the jewels are at this castle. Somehow they made it past the defense of the boiling oil being poured from atop the, right. uh, the, the turret there. <laughs> the axe-wielding thieves reportedly cut the power from a nearby distributor which caused an electrical fire and deactivated the museum's alarm system. They're seen on surveillance video getting into the museum by bending the iron bar fence back and then breaking through a glass window, once again, using their axes. 
The director of Dresden's art collection said, Among the items stolen were priceless sets of diamonds, including some from an 18th century collection. Yeah, I read a long version of this in the Wall Street Journal last night, and there was a map of the castle in there. Mm-hmm. And my, my kids were just enthused with this story. It's the sort of thing that a, a 7-year-old and 9-year-old boy just think is amazing. Well, it's the greatest heist in the history of the world, they think, in terms of actually yeah. taking material goods. Um uh, you know, I'm not going to count uh, various Wall Street shenanigans. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, you know, breaking and stealing jewels or something like that. A, over a billion dollars worth. They were there for about four minutes because the, the, the guard got onto it, called the police. The police yeah. were there like four minutes later, but they were already gone. They got in an Audi A6 and right. drove off and got away. Right. And so far, they've gotten away. And uh, my kids said immediately, my seven-year-old said, oh, but it was the janitor. <laughs> so they're suspecting an inside job. Well, there you go. Yeah, My other son says night watchman. Obviously, night watchman. So an inside job. But um, how do you fence that stuff? That is the big question. Not very well. A lot of these, uh, the museum people are saying the so much of the value in this is in the ensemble of them all together. Right. So piecemealing out one at a time. You know who you get a hold of though? A Saudi billionaire. A Saudi billionaire. Yep. You know who wants that stuff? MBS. Yep. Yeah, this will go great on your yacht, I'd tell him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And oh. he doesn't care if it's ill-gotten goods. One last note. President's favorite kind. Yeah, yeah. President Trump is getting ready for the pardoning of the turkeys. Yes, bread and butter are their names, and they are set to be pardoned later on today. He's got to do something on brand for Trump. He's got to come up with an axe and just absolutely lay waste <laughs> to those things. <laughs> I was expecting maybe like a... The, Turkey's named Hillary and Biden, oh. and then and no, no pardon for you. <laughs> oh, what if he came out and he just he put the, somebody put their neck down on a table and he just chopped off their head? You know what? Grow up. We're gonna eat five billion turkeys Thursday. <laughs> the idea that I pardon these two is stupid. <laughs> Going back in the White House. <laughs> there, there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It is a very odd tradition because yeah. we slaughter turkeys by the gazillions uh, year round, and especially on Thanksgiving. And then the whole idea of the president pardoning two and sending them off to a farm, uh, and they stay in a luxury hotel the day before the pardoning goes on. Yes, they stay in a luxury hotel room. That seems wildly unnecessary. And, <laughs> I would say, and crap all over it. What's the point of that? They are specially trained so they don't get spooked by the bright lights. Or by, you know, the cameras, the reporters yeah, hollering there's, questions. There's, there's taxpayer money wi- wisely spent. <laughs> I'm telling you, it would be on brand for yeah. Trump to not uh, necessarily chop their heads off, right. although I think a lot of America would cheer right. that. Um, it would be to end this thing. Look, this is this is taxpayer money. Maybe somebody's donating the money for this, but uh, if I'm paying for it at all, right. I don't like it. Walks up to the podium with one of those gigantic turkey legs you get at a Renaissance yeah. fair. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, they stay at the Willard Hotel. The Willard Hotel, which is my understanding is one of the sure. more pricey hotels in in, in the world. Yeah. Um uh yeah, I I hope that we're not paying for the hotel room. <laughs> that would really be disturbing. Speaking of rooms and guests, I've got more from the survey on uh, how to make your guests feel at home, things not to do when you're staying at someone's house and the 10 worst things Hosts say their guests have done, according to this big survey. It's been kind of entertaining so far. That and other stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. preside over the annual pardoning of the turkeys. Trump will pardon two turkeys tomorrow. Their names are Bread and Butter. Bread and Butter arrived in Washington, D.C. yesterday. They're staying at a hotel, the Willard Hotel near the White House. <laughs> when the president finds out they didn't stay at the Trump Hotel, he might not give them the pardons. So that's true, then. Why are we doing that? Um, next hour, Vanity Fair takes a look at independence and why they've soured on impeachment. That's from Vanity Fair, a left-leaning publication. It's pretty interesting when you dig into the numbers. Uh, earlier this hour, we started on a survey of 2,000 Americans on, uh, the idea of guests staying at your house during, uh, the holidays. We're talking, you know, Thanksgiving here. You got somebody coming and staying in your house for a couple of days? Were you going to stay at somebody else's house? I hope so. I love that sort of thing. We're not doing that, but uh, one in five Americans will be hosting someone this year. Sixty-three percent of respondents said they enjoy hosting friends and family. Um, I had a thing here on how long is the right amount of time to stay. A couple hours. <laughs> Oh, 65% of guests say they won't lie to their host about how they slept out of politeness. <laughs> what? I will. Who, who, you stay at someone's house? How'd you sleep? Oh, terrible. Miserable. How do you live like this? <laughs> what? <laughs> you say fine. That's what you say. You say fine or great. If you're a decent human being at all, how'd you sleep? Ah, oh, the noise, the bed. Do I, what do I start? How noisy it is in here? Or how crappy your bed is? Or the smells? God dang it, the smells coming out of this place. I didn't sleep with a... I'm getting a hotel tonight. Of course, you would be getting a hotel because I'd kick you out. Don't do that. Not cool. Um, I know I had the how long you can stay. Uh, one in four say they'd hate to spend a night on their guest bed. <laughs> one in four people say they'd hate to sleep on their own guest bed. Yeah, if, if your guest bed's actually like that, you probably ought to get a better bed. I think it was three nights. I think that's a a little long. I would say two is probably the. I think sweet two spot. also. I think two nights, parts of part, you know parts of three days and two nights. Yeah. Anything after that, it starts to get in. Okay, okay, we need to get back to our regular life here. Yeah, you got to get. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Top, Love having you over, but you got to get top ten guest no nos. Uh, number one was arrive unannounced or without an invitation. Also bringing a. Uh, uh, a guest that you hadn't uh, told anybody about show up with a new girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife or whatever. Not cool. If you do that, I'm bringing over that 82 year old power lifter to jug you. <laughs> oh yeah, we got to play that again later. <laughs> uh, so uh, skip to this. The top ten worst things hosts say their guests have done. Starting at the bottom, I guess. Oh jeez, uh, punched a hole in the wall. Yeah, not cool. Set the room on fire. Don't do that. <laughs> Stole one of my Wii remotes. Okay. I'm I'm putting arson above that as worse things that can happen. I find it hard to believe anything on this list will be worse than setting my home on fire. <laughs> yes. Setting my house on fire is really a no-no. It's not there with, like, uh, you left the bar of soap dirty. I always find that gross when people wash their dirty hands and they leave the bar of soap with, like, a visible yeah. grease or whatever on it. That's disgusting. But that wouldn't be as bad as setting my house on fire. 
I'm, I'm glad we're in agreement. Uh, let a pe- let a pet sleep in bed with them. Hmm. Left crushed Oreos all over my brand new mattress. You specifically Oreos. Hmm. <laughs> Got drunk and redid my Christmas decorations. <laughs> you, know, uh, you need more light at the top. That's what you need. I put a SpongeBob on the top of the tree. Ate my leftovers from the fridge. Oh, that was a common complaint. Was eating food without asking. Yeah, if you're some, when people say make yourself at home, do they mean that? Do they mean that? I don't. I don't mean make yourself at home. Well, you said it, so I'm assuming you meant it. Yeah. I, I, well, I've never said it. I would never ever say. Sorry, those make are my clothes in the dryer. I'll get those in a moment. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say make yourself at home because it's my home. <laughs> so if you want something to eat or drink, eh, you can ask or I'll offer or whatever. But no. <laughs> if you wanted to make yourself at home, you could have stayed your ass at home. <laughs> exactly. Uh, caught them taking money out of my wife's purse. Yeah, that's oh, that's. Geez. Is that before or after you set my house on fire? Well, that was the decoy, so we could uh, get to the purse without anybody noticing. Broke my couch, and the number one on the top ten worst things hosts have said to their guests, uh, they, I slept in the living room naked. No, still, arson is yeah. by far the worst of all those things. I don't like your naked arse on my couch, but at least my house is not on fire. So, uh, snooping around, breaking things... See if there's anything on here that's... I think no normal person's doing any of this stuff, so we don't have to really worry about it. I have been to gatherings, though, where people showed up with a guest that uh, was just kind of new to the whole group. And almost always a new girlfriend or boyfriend. And it's isn't it always the case where the, the table was already pretty much at plus one capacity? Sure. You didn't want to do the second table. You're trying to keep everybody together. And then, then another person shows up. And everybody up. knows everybody. And now there's a new person that nobody knows. And that'd be fine if it's like, you know, it's your new wife or you've been uh, dating for two years and it's the first time we met her or something. But it's almost always a you met last Thursday and now they're at Thanksgiving. Picked her up at the diner on my way in. Right, exactly. <laughs> she thinks she might be pregnant with my kids, so I thought I'd bring her to Thanksgiving. If she's not, you won't see her next year. Um, I don't see what the problem is. Exactly. <laughs> Again, go to our website, armstrongandgetty.com. If you need a Christmas gift, we got Armstrong and Getty merch. Check it out. Uh, maybe I'll get into this next hour, how you can hire celebrities to uh, to do things for you, particularly like leave messages and stuff. That's what they'll do. Yeah, personalize that. You know, if I wanted to send you a happy birthday and, uh, you know, I, I knew you were a big fan of just ran, like, say, Chris Stapleton through this this app, I could uh, pay Chris Stapleton some amount of money and he would say, hey, Jack, I just wanted to say happy birthday to you from your good friend, Sean. Didn't we do that with John Lovitz? <laughs> no, seriously, on, on the show. I, I just thought, asked him to do a favor. I don't think I paid him anything. No, but didn't my he wife, say happy birthday to your wife? Y- yeah, my wife is a real big John Lovitz fan, comedian from Saturday Night Live way back in the day. And uh, and he was nice enough. I gave him the phone number off the air, and he called my wife on her birthday and left a message. And, hey, it's John Lovitz. Uh, just uh, called to say happy birthday. Um, and uh, <laughs> and he sounded exactly like John Lovitz, and it was, it was pretty funny. Excellent. But, but then we had a falling out with John Lovitz the next time we had him on. Do you remember what that was all about? And then my wife was mad at him. for I don't remember what happened. The fickle, moody his... John Lovitz. <laughs> Notorious. Oh, he didn't stiff us, but we called him, and it, I don't know if he wasn't awake or... Something happened. Something happened Something like turned that. sour with our John Lovitz Which relationship. Which a shame. Um, but, so, for instance, you can hire Ice-T of Law & Order SU, SVU fame or uh, or cop-killing rap fame way back in the day. Do you want to hear an example of uh, him promoting this, sure. this thing? Hey, yo, check this out. This is Ice-T representing on this new situation called Cameo, okay? So what you do is you get at me, you book me, 
and I send a shout out to one of your good friends, or I tell one of your enemies you don't give a f about them, because you know I don't give a f <laughs> It's going to be very interesting to see how this goes down. So book me. I'll handle your business for you on Cameo. Let's make it do what it do. So for $300, I could get Ice-T to call my wife and say Merry Christmas or Happy Birthday or whatever. I like the idea of sending Ice-T a message to my enemies. <laughs> God, would he call her and have a conversation? It would be such a random, hilarious thing if in the middle of Thanksgiving on Thursday, she's cooking and she's got everything, and the phone rings, oh, who's this? Hey, it's Ice-T. Just wondered how Thanksgiving's going. <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> that would be hilarious. These all tend to be pre-recorded. Oh, gotcha. Uh, just videos that get. I'll pay you twice around. as much for an actual conversation. <laughs> Say, how's Thanksgiving going? Everything all right in the kitchen? Yeah, it's iced tea from Law and Order SVU. Different prices for different uh, celebrities. Ruth Buzzy is one hundred and fifty dollars. You got to be of a certain age to know who Ruth Buzzy is from <laughs> laughing back in the sixties and seventies. Boy, that's hilarious. Hundred dollars for Lou Grant. Oh, my God, some of these are hilarious. Gary Busey's $325? That sounds a little high to me. Jennifer Love, you at $150? i will come up with some better examples of maybe celebrities you've heard of. 